please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. We're we're taking communion this morning again. And so I invite you to open your Bible into 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And I'd like to invite you to have have the communion uh, elements close to you. Have them right there close to you. If you don't have it now, Go get them and bring it in and put the cup on the side and put the bread on the side. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to this moment of communion, we recognize, Lord, that we shall eat this bread and drink this cup in a worthy fashion. Recognizing God that it represents the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we take it seriously, Lord, and respectfully approach your throne of glory this morning, realizing that by doing this, we can examine ourselves in drinking the cup and eating the bread. We ask you, Lord, that uh, you bring healing to us And forgive us, Lord, if we have not dealt with this in the proper manner. And so we bow down to you this morning and respectively, God, submit to you that the cup and the bread are symbols of your suffering. And we bow before you, thanking you for this holy moment of communion in the presence of so many that are here this morning. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, When you come together thereof into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone takes before other his own supper, one who is hungry, another who is drunken. What? What ye have Ye not houses to eat and to drink in it, or despise you, the church of God, in the shame, them who have not? What shall I say to you? And For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
in the same manner he took the cup when he had supped he said this is the cup of the new testament on my blood God we ask you to forgive us God for shortcomings this morning forgive us for any anger that is not uh, pleasing to you forgive us for fear anxiety turmoil and as ministers ministers of the gospel we ask you God to strengthen us this morning strengthen us Holy Spirit as we take this cup and drink and take this bread and eat by experiencing this powerful moment in your presence God we thank you that you are healing us restoring us So come, Holy Spirit of God. Oh, Holy Spirit of God. Oh, Jesus. Accept our surrender, our plea for forgiveness. Oh, mighty God, mighty Savior. We thank you, Lord, for what's in front of us. body of the Lord Jesus and His precious blood.
Oh God, I praise you, Lord. Father, we pray for Donald Trump, the President of the United States of America, and Mike Pence, that you give them wisdom, God. I pray, Lord, for the House of Representatives in the Senate in Washington, D.C. We pray, God, for the hot spots of the COVID-19, New York City, Washington, California, Detroit, New Orleans, and others that I'm not mentioning. God, I pray that your angels come and protect my brother and my sister from this harm. I pray for the pastors, Lord, spiritual leaders that are in their churches right now. Bless them, God, abundantly. I pray for the hospitals, Lord, the caregivers, young people. God, I pray for faith and repentance and love spreading throughout this country in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, I pray for Dr. Fauci and that lady, Lord, that deals with the numbers and deal with the models, that you bless both of them this morning, giving wisdom and strengthen in the midst of so much pain. We pray for those that are mourning, God, mourning the, the life of others, loved ones and grandmothers and grandfathers who from one moment to the other disappear out of the house, taken by an ambulance and departed this earth, Lord. I ask you, God, those, those, those 10,000, 11,000 homes be visited by your Holy Spirit this morning to comfort them in the midst of so much pain. Lord, there's so much pain, so much shock, so much anger, so much bitterness, so much resentment, so much pain, God, to see a loved one Depart in an ambulance and never see them again. I understand that, Lord. Father, in our ministry, we pray for all the countries in the world, but especially Peru this morning, and Bishop Samuel and staff, the evangelicals of the ministry that we have in Peru, God. I pray, God, that you bless those pastors. Father, I pray for Brazil and the staff in, in, in Rio de Janeiro. For Célio, God, and for Kathy and Felipe, Alanir, Silvana, Talita, Monica, Jr., and the children's program. I pray for President Bolsonaro. The President of Brazil, that you have the wisdom to make the right decisions, God. 
I thank you, God, for those in our ministry. And I remember this morning, Lord, the family of the Odeorn family in Florida, and in, in Madison, Florida, and in Tampa, Florida. I pray, God, that you put your hands upon those children. I pray Haley and, Ken and Hannah, come, Holy Spirit of God, and heal them. Pray for Mike Reader, Lord, and Needy Smith, Candy Wilbanks, Michelle Drogi, Grant Carlin, Sherry and Mike Cottingham, Consoling, Catherine Cage. I pray, God, to bring healing to them. I pray for those in our Bible study in Atlanta, that they be covered by your Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me spend some time with you. We have 10, 15 minutes. And uh, beginning with uh, verse 31 of chapter 5 of John. We're covering the book of John, looking for strength in these words. Jesus says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. It's not a sense of false or truth, but a, but a, but a call to evidence of his message alone so there is something missing if he is the only witness of himself because when you serve God the power of your faith is built upon your witness and everyone that works in ministry anywhere they are in church in community in Bible study, uh, in, in mission trips, uh, uh, being a witness means that you are affirming what Jesus has done. And so Jesus is saying, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Because a witness is someone that testifies to what somebody else has done. Not what you have done, but what somebody else has done. And then, then Jesus says, there is another who hears, who bears witness of me. He referred to John the Baptist. Why this is so important? A lot of people don't pay attention to this. And this is a time in America when you need to be a witness. I'm talking about you need to pray for others. That is why we are taking extreme pain, extreme care, 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 care. Uh, a carefulness to be here today. That is why this ministry uh, did not close the office completely. I'm here with another person to do this uh, and, and minister to you because I want to be a witness to you. And the power of the witness is awesome. Revelations 19.10 says, The testimony of Jesus. What do you mean by that? 
What Jesus did on the cross, what Jesus did as He died, what Jesus did as He stayed three days on the ground, what Jesus did as He rose from the dead on the third day, what Jesus did as in the, on the 40 days later He ascended into heaven, 10 days after that he, uh, Pentecost took place, He will return in the same place He went up. What do you, what do you mean? What is, what is His witness? That's His witness. So he don't have to speak of himself. He speaks. He says, John is another witness. I know that the witness which he witnessed of me is true. And, and listen, John called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. It carries authority. So what do you mean? You mean if Revelation uh, uh, 19.10, the Spirit of the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It simply means that as you witness of Jesus in your life to others, you are prophesying to them. As you prophesy to others, the anointing and the power in your life increases. People ask me, Rick, but uh, you're 76 years old. You travel all over the world. You preach... Day and night, you're just busy. Well, it's not, it's not that I do. It's the, that the testimony of Jesus in me becomes an exercise of my faith. And, the action, and my faith builds. When Kathy Fallon ministers to the children in Brazil, and she talks about Jesus and does the board. You know, there's a board there. So, uh, uh, she just has, has the little glue, the little characters, like Matthew, on the, on the board. It's a felt, what do you call Yeah. So, in other words, you put the story and the children listen to her stories of the Bible. That's a witness. When you begin to do that in your life to others, the spirit of prophecy begins to be formed in you because to speak the testimony of Jesus as you apply to life is the spirit of prophecy. What do you mean? It means that you have to exercise now the power to speak that which is not as though they were. Calling things to be not as though they were. Speaking life into the life of others as you grow spiritually. So, teaching, it's okay. Preaching, is okay. There's element of prophecy in preaching. Yes, there is. But when you make a point to minister to people... What the Lord Jesus has done for you personally. Not teaching. You can teach an hour, two hours. And people just begin to listen and begin to learn. The spirit, the testimony of Jesus and what He did in your life and to others. Activates the spirit of prophecy. To where you begin to speak life into the lives of others. Is that visible? Yes. Is that applicable? Yes. Is that a daily thing? It's, a, it's an ongoing thing. A preacher that preaches but don't do nothing else, he is not, not exercising his prophetic power. A preacher who just visits and don't do nothing else, he is not exercising his prophet. The power of prophecy is when you lay hands. And, well, you, know, you can't lay hands anymore in these days. And so verse 33, Jesus confirms and says, 
you send unto John, and he bear witnesses unto the truth. God sends John to bring the baptism of repentance. Just names, John's name is greatly respected. The event of the Jordan. Going to John one nineteen. I know uh, that you have uh, the Gospel of John right there. But going to John one nineteen and read all the way to twenty eight. Somebody, pick up a microphone. Yes, but read this. Read this. I want you to to sort of chapter one verse nineteen. You're going to get an idea of what I'm uh, what I'm referring to. Uh, I know there's a problem, but we're going to try to solve it. All right, here we go. And this is the witness of John. When the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny. And he confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Okay. So, so when he denies who he was to point out who Jesus was, he became a prophet. And we are Christians that need to move into the application of this principle. In other words, I want to tell you that Jesus is the Son of God. I want to tell you that He died on the cross for you. I want to tell you that He rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, and will come to judge the earth, the quick and the dead. I am now in the spirit of prophecy. Now, when John says the Lamb of God, he is saying that He is of God. Yes. Okay. Then... They then said to him, Who are you so that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water. But among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now when he says the Lamb of God, he is saying that the testimony of Jesus it's not a human testimony. It's a heavenly testimony. It is a supernatural testimony. It is a God's testimony. Lamb of God. I want to ask Kathy to, uh, to get a microphone to, to find Matthew chapter 11. Just come in here and close right here. Chapter 11, verse 7 to 15. Just go sit down down here, Kathy, right there. Seven to 15. 
And uh, I, I asked you to bring the whole thing up there, uh, Betty, without worrying about uh, trying to fix it now. Just bring the whole thing there. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. Before you do that, Kathy, let me say something as you sit down and wait and get your microphone, okay? Jesus wanted and received God as his own witness. Now, it's good to have the witness of John. But when John elevated the witness to say that the Lamb is of God, then now we're in a new ballgame. See, Jesus is saying that the Father says that Jesus does what He does. The testimony of John is for the crowd. The testimony of God the Father is for eternal life. So a human testimony is powerful. But when you witness of God and calls Jesus the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world, the Spirit prophesies all over you. So here's the difference. Jesus has been good to me. The Lord has been good to me. He has blessed my life. I thank you, God, for blessing my life. And I, and I know that's a human testimony. But when you say, Jesus is the Son of God, died on the cross of Calvary, you are now elevating this testimony. Go to, uh, to Matthew eleven seven. As fast as you can. We're, the, the clock is ticking. And they departed. Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what did you go out into the wilderness to see, a reed shaken in the wind? Keep going. Keep on going. And what did you go out to see, a man clothed in soft clothes? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare your way before you. Okay. When you look at Jesus elevating the testimony of John, okay, as a powerful testimony, he's saying that John is more than a prophet. So Jesus elevated John to say that he is more than a prophet because he pointed to, 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 to Jesus as the Lamb of God. That elevated his testimony. Now, the same thing to you. When you elevate Jesus as the Son of God, as the one who died on the cross of Calvary, you couldn't be more prophetic. Because there's power when you mention what Jesus has done. That is why we have communion. That is why we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. That is why we are, uh, are baptized in church. That is why we go to mission trips to give a testimony of the, Jesus as the Son of God. Not what He has done for you as much, but what Jesus has done for the world. And so, the spirit of prophecy is based on the testimony of Jesus and not the testimony of man. It's a big difference. You need to get that straight today. It's a big difference when you elevate uh, the, the testimony of Jesus above your testimony, what He has done for you. It's big. There's power in it. Now, somebody find for me Psalm 132.17. You know, he, another way to interpret this is uh, uh, Jesus uh, is the light. And John the Baptist is the lamp. 
Go to that psalm as fast as you can, 132.17, and, uh, and take a look at that. There I will cause the horn of David to spring forth. I have prepared a lamp for mine anointed. Yes. In other words, a lamp is, is the, the one that is anointed of God to do what God has called him to do, the light. So, as you come into this, let's go to verse 36 now, because we, we're getting there. And uh, uh, John chapter 5, back to John chapter 5. I'm talking about the power of the testimony. John chapter 5, verse 36. Open your Bible. John five thirty-six. I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, in the same work that I do, bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Meaning, I have a greater witness than what John witnessed. Than that of John. It is right. My witness is greater than what John did. Why? Because I'm referring to what the Father has done. For the works which the Father has given me to finish. I am a witness that Jesus, that God told me to do this. God told me to say this. God told me to go here and go there and heal here and heal there. And then he looks at the group of Jews, especially from the Sanhedrin. And today, I, I would put those groups and those that are unbelieving, those that have problems in communicating with God in a more vile manner, in a more powerful manner in prayer, those who belittle and ridicule the Holy Spirit as if somehow it's a Pentecostal thing and it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, I, 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 it's a sad day when a pastor does not refer to the Holy Spirit as holy. It says this, verse 37, And the Father Himself which has sent me has borne witness of me. That's a powerful thing. You have neither heard His voice, at any time, nor seen his shape. So I want to ask uh, Matt to open your Bible, Matt, into Exodus chapter 33, verse 1. And you can come down here and pick up the only microphone available. Just just let him move and you stay right there, Kathy. Okay. And there's a little problem here that we don't want to waste more time with it. Amen. Yes. Take a look at that. Take a look at that verse, Matt. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, you and the people which you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swore unto Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, saying unto you, Your seed will I give it. What is 33.1? Read it one more time. Be careful now. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, you and the people which you have brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swore okay. unto Abraham. If you read chapter 30, 33, I don't know which verse you're talking about. 
you you have heard his voice. He has heard the voice of God. Okay? Moses have heard. Eleven. Read that. Okay. And the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaks unto a friend. And he, Moses, turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. What's Exodus 33? Yes. Yes. Spoke unto the, Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses. Say one more time. The Lord, the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face. You, you, in other words, he heard his voice. He saw him. Okay. Jesus did not hear God's voice. Okay. He saw him and heard. And so what uh, what what verse 37 is saying here to the people, you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape. So as Moses saw it, it opens the door for us to see it. Now the people at that time didn't see it. So our question to you is this. What is the challenge here is that you be able to come so close to God that you can hear His voice. The Bible says, My sheep hear My voice. But Jesus said to the to the to the to the Sanhedrin people, you have never heard his voice. Number two, you have never seen his shape. Genesis thirty two thirty says, I have seen God's face and my life is preserved. Who is that? That's Jacob. Jacob saw the face of God. Genesis thirty two thirty. Moses heard face to face the voice of God. So Jesus is saying to those who are unbelieving, Moses is saying, I heard his voice. And Jacob in his testimony back all the way down there in the Old Testament, all the way today, Jacob is saying to us, I have seen God's face and my life is preserved. Peniel, which is the place that happened, translates face of God. I heard, I see it. So when the testimony of Jesus is done this way, he is referring to two witnesses of the past. One, Moses, and the other, Jacob. He is simply conferring to the Scriptures a testimony. And that's why Jesus is so powerful. Because His testimony brings the spirit of prophetic power into your life. He's being prophetic right here. He's saying that what Moses said and what Jacob saw speaks to me right now 2,000 years ago. And it should speak to you right now. Why is it translating time, moving from 4,000 years to to 2,000 years ago to this present day right now, the 7th of April of 2020, is because there's power of prophetic life in you. You need to see your testimony that powerful. Now, number three, and I'm I'm closing there. Let me get this here. I'm closing that. I know I'm kind of a little long, long here. 
What Jesus says then on verse 38, it's the last one. You never heard, you never seen. And then he says, And you have not his word abiding in you. In other words, the reason why you don't understand me, what my testimony is, even though John the Baptist elevated me to uh, the Son of God, what I'm saying to you, you have never heard, never seen, and His Word does not dwell in you. Now, if you go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, Let me go real quick. I know we're on time. If you find it, get it. You've got to be a little little faster with the microphone. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Eight and nine. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What Joshua is saying to the people, you shall meditate on the, on the word day and night. And I tell you, those people there uh, in, the, in the Sinhadron area in Jerusalem could not see, could not hear. And most of all, they didn't have the word in them. Because Joshua had it. Joshua said, you shall meditate on it day and night. Joshua had the word in him. And then he says, For he whom he for whom he has sent him you believe not. In other words, God sent me, but you don't believe in me. Let me just ask you a question this morning. Where does Psalm one nineteen eleven, Kathy? If Jews have no time for Jesus, they did not hear, they did not see, they did not dwell in the Word. Are you observing that? In this moment of crisis in America, when we never seen what we have seen in this strange and and horrible enemy, how do you protect your mind from all of this? You hear the voice of God. You see the face of God. And you dwell and meditate on the Word day and night. And that will keep you safe. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. One more time. I want you to say that a little slower. Your word have I hid in my heart Your that word I might not sin have against I hid you. In my heart. That I may not sin. That I may not sin. Heavenly Father, bless those that are now going to another day. Strengthen them, God. And bring us together tomorrow in Jesus' name. Amen. For more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 
visit www.lateran.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.lateran.com for more teachings. See you next time.